0: Hi, this is Li Chen Ren, Director of Modern Alpha Wisdom Tree ETFs. Welcome to China of Tomorrow podcast series, where we navigate China, India, Japan, and the broad emerging markets with members of Wisdom Tree and other industry leaders. This is Li Chen on November 13th, 2023. Let me quickly comment on the upcoming APAC meeting between President Xi and President Biden, uh, Chinese government's support for the economy and its housing market, and then it's continued to drag on the economy. Um, first, uh, as listeners who followed me on Twitter knows, I've generally been short-term positive for better U.S.-China headlines. And actually, if you want observe China's state media, this was already apparent for a few months. Uh, from the U.S. side, many top U.S. officials uh, and cultural exchange programs, such as Philadelphia Orchestra, has visited China. For the largest two economies you know at least it's a meeting so that's good news uh it but ultimately what gets done is what matters and currently the core relationship between u.s and china will continue um u.s will continue to sanction chinese uh companies and limit uh tech export um and i think uh u.s is also likely uh for short-term uh things that could get get done is things like US uh approve more direct flights and China helped to limit uh, some ingredients that's made into Mexico and become drugs and then moved into the US. So these short term um issues we we do see some possibility uh of solve but not long term uh disputes like uh technology competition in Taiwan. I think right now, the political environment in both sides makes it difficult for US-China to come up with long-term solutions. So in the short term, if there's some things gets done, it's still good. Um, There's likely some fluffy common language on fighting climate change or cooperation on public health. But I think people know that the actual things to be done in those areas are still quite um small. And ultimately probably, you know, the market solution is gonna dominate uh, in terms of climate uh, instead of government uh, solutions. But anything beyond these easy to achieve things are too optimistic. Uh, so U.S. is likely to restate its usual position on Taiwan, which I think most people, um in in the outside China may not realize that U.S. official position is to acknowledge one China and does not support Taiwan independence. Sometimes in the media, when you hear so much report as if U.S. position is more than that, um, I think uh, the official position is still um, this position of one China and uh, does not support independence. But clearly on the side, there are U.S. is definitely more supportive, uh, of Taiwan or Republic of China, which is, you know, Taiwan's official name. Um, so I don't think there will be, you know, quite uh, the the kind of solution solutions uh, that U.S. China will uh, have significant uh positive coming out of unless like everybody's gonna wait until January thirteenth where Taiwan or officially Republic of China in Taiwan will have its presidential election. So December is when the presidential election in Taiwan uh, heats up. The people like you will see more headlines. I think uh, China just today uh, also just released the October social finance, which is a very important statistic on overall China's economy. Uh, It grew by 9.3%. It's not too bad. Uh, however, the money, you know, the liquid money measure, M2, uh, grew by 10.3%. That means people are still um, cautiously saving. The lack of good investment opportunities is such that many are actually considering pay, further paying down mortgages. Even though the rate of mortgage now is uh, mostly less than 4%, which is a big contrast to the U.S., which is closer to, you know, 7+. plus. Uh, housing market uh, continues to drag the local economy. I think if people are thinking about paying down mortgages at lower than 4%, that just suggests you know the lack of confidence in, in other investment returns. So I think it's local government is still trying to get revenue in many other sources. Now that the land sale is uh, much smaller, mostly it's fines and fees um, that's why in Chinese headlines, you see some very unusual headlines like um, the government certainly wants to ask some money back from past benefactors of the government to cough back some money, uh, which I think outside China, probably people will be like very uh, kind of uh, don't quite understand like, well, this can be done. Uh, but in terms of China, uh, you know, it's an emerging market. It's not as everything as uh, written down as in the US. Um, I know several people are saying housing has bottomed. Uh My own assessment is still further weakness. Uh, even though PBOC, the central bank, has met a few um, higher quality real estate firms, like one of them, Vanker, which in Chinese is Waku which now got a uh, full backing of the local Shenzhen government which because they are also like thirty percent owner of of Banker. and Shenzhen's uh, local government does have significant uh, as uh, assets that could uh prop up their, uh, the real estate firm. But the other firm, I mean, visibly Central Garden was not in this meeting, at least not in the official uh, release. So uh, we don't comment on individual company stocks, but it's clear Central Garden is not in government's save list if things further deteriorate. Um, many second tier cities like Hanzhou and uh, Guangzhou, they still have limits on how, you know, purchases where people can buy houses. This just shows, you know, how local governments are kind of behind in acknowledging the housing weakness, which is not a surprise in a command economy like China, where government policy tends to lag. Um In particular, uh, in particular local government in China are so afraid of making perceived instabilities because right now the top- you know, leadership wants stability by all means. And because of this, uh, many local governments are kind of lying flat, like they're trying to do the minimum, which the central government uh, also knows to a degree. But again, you know, they if they want the local government officials to stimulate the economy, then they are also are going to have to live with some of the, you know unseedly things that the local government does to stimulate the economy um so i think uh, on on chinese um uh on chinese stimulus in terms of government stimulus again i think uh, i've written a blog before and i try to write the blogs that has a bit of shelf life and i still I still is a good blog essentially saying that chinese government will do uh, some policies, but it will do enough to make uh, you know the worst is avoided. But it will not do the U.S. style uh, big band kind of stimulus. So I think that's still the best baseline uh, for China. Um, on Chinese currency, we commented last episode that from technical factors like momentum and volatility, our multi-factor strategies is actually hedged. For the Chinese currency, but that is mainly to reduce a uh, risk and not uh, like a one sided bet on currency losing value, mainly because um, China, the system, you know, just guarantees that the central bank of China uh, can manage currency using a lot of tools that, you know, other countries probably much uh, less willing to do. Um, such as uh, asking exporters to sell dollars and then because China is still net export positive or short squeeze uh, short sellers or squeezing short sellers if there are significant uh, of them. So again, um, I I think that's, you know, that just shows that uh, for when it comes to China, um, data is important obviously, uh, uh, but it's, Data and People's daily, which is the main p r uh state media and the local media and also what's going on in local governments uh sometimes it just charts and you know and tables of data on china and is not enough to uh quite to get what's the local complexity is so i think uh um these uh, kind of uh institutional setup of China is still very very important when when trying to understand uh China's financial market. Um in the last two weeks there was also a important um political news, uh China's ex-prime minister uh, Li Keqiang unexpectedly passed away uh by a heart attack. Um many people set up a memorial outers as there was a shocking news because most top Chinese uh, leaders have great health care teams. So they usually live quite long. And however, you know, there are many commentators suggesting this could lead to riots and protests. Uh, I think that's a very big misread of China's current uh, political landscape. And this has happened a couple of times because uh, President uh, Jiang Zemin also passed away um, uh, within the last year. And historically, funerals is a way you know is is one way the populace express um this you know disagreement or un, you know or unhappiness with the government but after you know after two big funeral events historically has become uh, uh quite uh unmanageable um the government has become a little bit um standardized in terms of handling uh past officials uh funerals so i don't think that i i think all along i i was you know i don't believe this will be a significant uh things on the street but but i think a lot of people outside china were kind of uh i think their read on on china is not um it is a misread because sometimes when you read um News outside China, you tend to read more news that's, you know, people unhappy with the party. And a lot of uh, local news where actually, you know, people uh, happy with the party uh, don't get into the um, headlines, particularly in in the U.S. media. So I think that sometimes uh, skews people's view as if, you know, the party is in constant uh, collapsing mode, which is definitely not the baseline in China right now. Obviously, things can change, but that's a significant misread. Uh, I think that's a good example of things that um, there's a disconnect between what's going on locally versus what's being reported. I think uh, in in terms of uh, um, other reportings, you know, we are very happy that you know, thanks for people who give uh, us feedback. Uh, I welcome engagements that help both and all of us to learn more about China and Asia-Pacific. And I think, you know, the Asia-Pacific uh, APAC meeting in San Francisco is definitely a good uh, place for people to understand where, you know, Asia-Pacific is 75% of emerging market. Uh, well, you know, sometimes uh, on social media it tends to fall in the hole of personal uh, attacks. I'm grateful for many anonymous people who've provided information and insights um i was not academically trained to analyze china but fortunately with some humility and hard work i'm glad so far on, on several china related issues uh i've given uh, good insights. so please um you know follow us on twitter check out our website at wisdomtree.com, the us site check out our blog we also have several podcasts that might be uh, useful for you, particularly on, you know, Fed. We have um, a, a lineup of, uh, for example, Japan strategies that has gained a significant uh, following uh, in, of of dividend weighted Japanese equity plus uh, currency hedging. I think in terms of currency hygiene, um, I've also had several blogs which explains. Uh, nowadays, uh, in every country, uh, it has to be thought about as an emerging country except the U.S. U.S. is uh, very special uh, because it has a reserve currency. So if you're interested in any of these topics, please give us uh, feedback and thank you. i um, very happy to uh, bring you this uh, episode. Thanks.